You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. It's unrealistic, maybe even entitled to believe you should start at the top as soon as you get a job. It's a process of learning, improving and showing initiative that propels someone forward. Sam Alloy, Australian Regional Director at Norman Disney Young, entered the workforce as a young man with confidence, open to opportunities and willing to prove himself through hard work. In the process, Sam has achieved some amazing highs and fallen short on occasion too. In this episode, Sam reflects on his journey over the last 30 years and explains how Norman Disney Young actively support employees coming through so they both get the best out of each other. Well, Sam, you gave us great insights into your education, which led you to a certain point, and that was stepping into your career. Did you leave university and into your career with confidence? Yeah, look, I did. My first job was with a building company, and that was really good because I got to understand the actual site and how the buildings were created. Very soon into that particular job, I realised that I wanted to be closer to the client. I also wanted to be a lot earlier in the design so that I can actually influence how things were created. So I then moved to my present employer, NDY, and started my career as an engineer. In that firm, whilst I've had only one job with them, so I've been with NDY 30 years, I've had a number of career episodes, which has really made me what I am now in terms of my professional development and succession into my current role. I'm keen to get a sense from you as to whether when you stepped into the early stages of your career, the things that you were taught and what you expected going through tertiary education matched up to reality when you actually did have your career. The tertiary studies certainly provided a a base and, and it provided context and it provided a level of engineering concepts that I could apply. But when you get to your job and you start working on projects, your ability to think and to provide options and to offer solutions is what you're trained in and what you offer your employer, of which the development and training that they input on site is what helps you the most. So, What do you think the biggest change was then? What, what was the thing that you learnt early on that you just didn't prepare for or you weren't taught about at university? Because there must have been something. I think that the consulting piece, which is the most important part of my role and in a consulting engineer's role, is what they really didn't trade me for at university. So that's the ability to listen to your client the ability to ask a question and also the ability to come up with various alternatives. So when you're at school, it's very binary. This is what you do and this is the outcome. Whereas your client is really looking for alternatives. Sometimes your client in engineering doesn't really know what they want or is looking for ideas. And as a consulting engineer, it's up to us to identify what their interests are, what their goals are, and how we can help them 
deliver what they're looking for. Who helped you in the early stages? Did you have a, a mentor or a leading figure within NDY that was uh, able to, to teach you things that you didn't know? Yeah, absolutely. I looked up to other senior engineers within my field and within the office, but also at our leadership group, from our CEO to our operations manager to my team leader, who all provided me guidance in terms of how to be a good consultant. Was there a bit of fear approaching more senior figures to ask some basic advice? How did that play out for you? I'd have to say it was a very collaborative environment of which I worked in. They were interested in my professional development and even in my current role as a leader in the business. We understand that investment in our younger people provides the future for the business. So they were keen to listen. Now, the aspect that I really want to uh, elaborate on is leaders and, and people in authority positions are happy to give advice. As a receiver, you need to take that on board and listen. And look, you make mistakes, that's fine. But provided you learn from your mistakes and learn from the advice, then people have got no problems offering some information to you. I love talking about mistakes because you're right, everyone's going to make them. What were some of yours? When you receive a particular project and you think you know the answer and you go to the answer before you work out what it is that the client actually needs, not understanding the client's business and then all of a sudden your design is not meeting the brief and then you've got to start again. You've been the Australian Regional Director of Norman Disney and Young since uh, 2015. You obviously don't start at the top. What are some of the other roles you've had since the beginning of your, your journey? There are many. Mm. And look, I'd say I've had a change in role every you know four to five years. So I, I actually started in our drawing office. Back then we had drawing boards. You don't, <laughs> There's no drawing what boards anymore. That? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. We were transitioning to AutoCAD. And it was a great place to start because it really taught me the basics of how to design a building and how to coordinate and how things go together because when you're drawing it, it needs to fit. So I did that for a couple of years and then I I moved on into an engineering role working on smaller projects, you know, single floor fit outs or little shop units, something that I could really cut my teeth on. And I worked as a project engineer on a number of projects. And then as a senior engineer, started working on some really established buildings of which really helped me in my design process. After about five years, I did a postgraduate degree, which I've discussed before. That was probably a, a watershed moment for me. And this is probably something that's worth understanding is that when you finish school or university, your learning doesn't stop. You actually need to continue to develop and you know retrain yourself and that postgraduate course I did opened up a new team in performance-based building codes of which I started a new team in the business and that team now has grown to about 30 people and turning over you know millions of dollars and that then projected me into 
positions of authority and leadership, so team leadership, project leadership, project director, and through the fullness of time and working on various projects, then I moved into running the Melbourne office, which was amazing for me. Because again, when you look back at the start of your time at a particular job, you look at people in those roles and you thought, God, how do I get there? And then you're finally there and you're making decisions, you're driving the business. What do you reckon the secret sauce is there to to get to the top? Is it just hard work, putting yourself in the right positions, doing a good quality job? All of the above there, but there needs to be an appetite to extend yourself, to go to extra mile, you wanting to learn, wanting to develop, wanting to succeed. And also the ability to talk to your superiors and tell them what you want uh, to do, what what you want to do in two, three, five years' time. That way your leader, your employer can start putting a plan together, provide some additional training or provide some project experience or being able to do another course or even to an extent maybe as a global business, you know, move out of Melbourne, you know, go to London or go to New Zealand or go to Vancouver as part of your experience and then come back as a leader in the business. So if someone fronted up early in their career and said to you in your role as the the regional director, Sam, I've got a plan which says that I want to work in some of the offices in other locations around the world. Do you say, I support that or make that happen if you, if you prove a certain few things? Or do you look at it and kind of think, okay, well, maybe you're just looking for an opportunity to have a, have a good old time overseas somewhere. Like, could it not go the other way as well? No, not at all. We, we actually welcome that ambition. We welcome that commitment. We welcome that ability to seek further opportunities. That's what we want in our people, people that want to extend themselves. And lots of people have done that. Unless we know what they want to do, then it's hard for us to deliver. So having those one-on-one catch-ups regularly to understand people's drivers, people's objectives, people's goals, and being able to articulate what they are and then put together a plan to deliver it is is really important. And do you think that's something that they need to instigate? Do they have to grab the bull by the horns and approach you or some of your other leaders within the business and say, here's what I want, I want a conversation about this, can we make time to do it? Or do you, as uh, senior leaders, go and do that for the younger staff members? Oh, it's a two-way street. We need to ask the question for people who are not as overt in what they want to uh, do but at the same time, the individual needs to drive it and take carriage of it. It needs to be a conversation. How do you go about finding the ones who are a little bit quieter in their career? They don't necessarily have that outward confidence to be able to approach someone who's much more senior and say, this is what I want, but opportunities still need to be open to them as well. What's some advice around uh, either building up their confidence to be able to do it, or what are the sorts of things that you would do within your role to go to those people who are, uh, for lack of a better word, a little bit behind the scenes to, to make sure that they don't miss out? different characters, different people, different personalities. And there's not a one size fits all. In our business, we need really good technical experts. We also need very good generalists and we need very good 
leaders and we need good business developers. So our role is to understand where a person sits on that particular spectrum and talk to them about opportunities, career development and fit within the particular business. We start that conversation, but we also need to promote that those opportunities within those particular streams exist for people to fit within. If it's not one or the other, they can move in different parts of that particular grid. And were you having these conversations in the early stages of your career with your senior managers or have times changed? Yeah, times have changed. It's it's a lot better now. We have a people and culture team that look at talent management. We look at high potentials. We do a lot of self-assessments in terms of where the strengths and areas of improvements are for our people. I certainly didn't have that level of scrutiny, but I did have the opportunity to talk to people who could help me in terms of my career. And my career went through a progression. It started off very technical, no doubt about that, because you need to provide a a particular base. But then I was able to transition into a leadership role, which then included some business development. And that worked well for me. It may not work well for others. And there are leadership positions within technical roles as there is within business development roles. In closing, Sam, I want to get a sense from you as a person and what education has done for you in in the personal element. Can you explain that to me? It's provided me a a lifestyle. It's provided me a a career. It's set the foundations for who I am as an individual. It really has set up not only my career, but my life experience, my breadth of experience. Sounds like it's given you everything. It has. <laughs> I'm happy with where I am at the moment. Right. Yeah. Sam, thank you very much for uh, delving into your career, your education with us as well, and, and a little bit about who you are as a person. And I'm sure that's encouraged and inspired our listeners. So thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Education has provided Sam with a lifestyle, a career, and set the foundations for who he is. And that's very powerful. Sam has achieved so much. You can't walk down many streets in Melbourne that Norman Disney Young haven't been a part of in terms of construction. So in our third interview with Sam, we're going to talk to him about several of the projects he's worked on. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.